Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome back to part three, and I think it's going to be three of three. I left you before value over volume. Cinematic rendering is something we're very excited about. This article by Crowey's brilliant article showing how he was using supercomputers or faster NVIDIA boards to take volume rendering, and instead of looking only at one light source, have multiple light sources, and this is from his article. And the fact that the quality of the images becomes substantially better, more photorealistic. And we've been working with Siemens, and Siemens has been kind enough to give us software. Uh, uh, Robert Schneider and their team and uh, Judith Reagan have been particularly helpful with everyone else. And we published this article. I should update the slide. It's been published. But let me show you what we can do. Look at the details, cirrhosis, recanalization of the umbilical vein. Look at the collaterals. Look at the relationship to muscle. Look at the vessels. Look at the detail of the vascular map. Or this case, patient had chest pain. Look at the cardiac leads. Look at the muscle, the ribs. We go inside. We look, and there's that coronary artery fistula, which was the image of the year 2017 for Ann Minnie. We won the award. Thank you very much whoever voted for us. But look at the detail in the branch vessels off the arch. And as I go through it, look at the lighting model. Look at the detail. This looks fake. This looks like a medical drawing or illustration. The information we get, value over volume. But I could do a lot of these. So I'm going to get value and I'm going to get volume. Look at the MIP image on the left. Look on the right at the texture mapping. Oh, yes, the patient has a FEMFEM bypass. That's not important. Look at the texture of the liver, and I'll show you a few more images. Can we get more information about texture, about vessels, about the vasculature? Look at the detail of what we can get. Or in the pancreas. Think about the Felix Project and now doing better texture mapping. Look at the spleen. Look at the detail of the splenic artery, the splenic vein, the pancreas. Look at the SMA, look at the celiac. And then when you look at texture mapping, look at the tumor in the body of the pancreas right there. Or the difference between different tumors based on texture mapping. Serous cystadenoma, look at the septations. Look at the size of the lesions, the septations. And think about what we could do before. MIP, volume rendering, good detail, good information, but not as good as a cinematic in this. And our surgeons really love this information, feel it's going to be a real um, game changer for them. And the same data sets, patient with pancreatic cancer, encasement, narrowing of the portal vein SMV confluence. But look at different image sets from the vessels to the bowel. Really good data sets, very nicely showing you the vasculature and the collaterals. Or looking back in the liver and seeing the stent in the patient's portal vein. Or just the fact that depending how I set the parameters, I could change the information, I could change the visualization, I could change everything in the data set to help optimize what I can see. And in this case, when we look at the liver and chest, I can see the ribs, the muscle. Now I get into the liver and look at the infiltration by tumor. Going right up to the diaphragm, and there it is from views from below looking at that infiltration of this patient's hepatic neoplasm, the detail, the irregular vascularity. And it's not just in the liver, but look at it in terms of bone. Look at that mandibular fracture. Good article just published on craniofacial in British Journal of Radiology. Steve Rowe and uh, Jim Zinrock, myself. Look at the detail. Look at the teeth. 
Second molar has a cavity. Next case. Look at the details of what we can show and think about that visualization and look at how carefully you can see this and then look at this case where now I'm showing it to you in motion. So look at the motion and look at the visualization of the skull. Now the speed of this is basically me going slowly so I'm showing you more detail but you can see I can present the information in any plane and perspective. I can spin as fast or as slow as I want. I can change the rendering and now I can do this in real time. And so whether you're looking at the skull or the spine, here's a patient with a C1 fracture. Look at the detail. Look how I can look into the spine. Look at the odontoid. Look at the base of the skull. Or in another patient, looking at the carotids, internal, external carotid, looking at the branching, looking at the vessels. And now I want to bring in muscle. Look at the muscles at the base of the neck. Look at the vessels. Look at the few small nodes on the right. Again, sternocleidomastoid well seen. Again, we control what we see and how we see it. And the ability to control information is really where AI is going. We can do this better and perhaps use this visualization with the AI to make things even better. And look at the detail, another set of images, base of the neck. Again, detail that was impossible before. Or even something simple as this with a tibial plateau fracture, volume rendering on the left, cinematic on the right. Look at the detail of the bony fragments at the tibial spine. Look at the detail, the sharpness. It's that three-dimensional effect really makes us look like a cadaver, like it's fake. But look at the detail of the bones. So think about the detail of what we can get. Or look at the vessels. Look at the vessels into the feet. Look at the detail of the plexus over the foot, the subcutaneous tissues, the muscle, and the like. Think about the information I'm providing you and the detail we can give it. Or look at this case. This is a pancreatic cancer. Let me show you. I want to show the vessels and I want to show the liver. But look as I touch this. You can see as it rotates around any plane in perspective, I can see the vessels, I can see the portal vein, the SMV, I see the liver, I can cut into the liver. I could change the rendering parameters and look at the liver differently where now it's more transparent. I see the hepatic veins and portal vein. Again, the ability to change the lookup tables in real time, do that cinematic, get that better visualization with 3D perspective indeed becomes very, very common. So it's something we can do, and it's something we can do better than ever, and it's something we are pushing on to try to even do better. So when you think about it, as you look at where we're going, it's not just doing what we've done before, but doing some of what we've done before, but doing it better and providing more information to our referring clinicians, and therefore benefiting our patients. Now I should mention 3D printing to be complete, um, a lot of noise about 3D printing, though not the noise that there was a few years ago. Uh, there's some ideal reason for using this. People speak about it looking at complex anatomy, whether it's bone or cardiac, for example. But it really hasn't caught on. People have it. They can do it. People have written articles saying that perhaps it's better in the normal because you can teach people anatomy. It takes time. You've got to print it. It costs money. You know, I could do the cinematic 3D in a matter of a few seconds to a few minutes 
and I could do 50 cases a day, not two uh, uh, of these uh, models. But there are articles that show it, and it does have some role. We shall see what kind of role it has, though it's one of those things which has not lived up to the hype. And when things don't live up to the hype, they usually don't come back. And you can see for us, we did this on an aquarium patient. You know, as an aquarium person, not a real person, because who gets such a good history? Everything about the patient is there, and the main concerns are even there. That's how one of these blue-tongued skinks look. And that's how it is in 3D, and that's how it is in 3D, and that's the model at the bottom. So look at the detail of that model. It's amazing the detail from the CT data set. So 3D printing could have some applications, but I think cinematic is going to blow it away. 3D printing can be used for creating implants and the like, so that can indeed be very valuable in select cases at select institutions. Now, saying that we need change, we got to make sure that change takes us forward, not takes us backward. We don't need to go backwards into the world of epic, where we click, 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 click. Article by Hill. Emergency department physicians spend significantly more time entering data into electronic medical records than in any other activity, including direct patient care. Improved efficiency in data entry would allow emergency physicians to devote more time to patient care, thus increasing hospital revenue. A nice way of putting it. The mean percentage time spent on data entry is 43%. Why are we spending half our time entering data and then half the time entering it incorrectly? Okay, tabulation was made of a number of mouse clicks necessary for several common emergency department charting functions and for selected patient encounters. Total mouse clicks approach 4,000 during a busy 12-hour day. How many clicks are we going to do? Click, 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 click. Even saying click that many times is exhausting. Typing it 4,000 times is not where we need to be. Now, in saying that, we need to change. And, you know, we run a speaker series at Hopkins Radiology. In JACR, the articles come out about six times a year. Let me just share what three speakers said and why it fits in perfectly here. Marissa Freeman, Vice President of Global Band Experience of HP. Your brand is in your patient's hand because they put their lives in yours. And she made the point that our competition is not other radiology practices, but it's Uber. Healthcare is way behind other industries in customer service and IT solution. She's not even in, in medicine and she knows that perfectly. We need to be at the top of our game. Keith Grossman, superstar at Bloomberg, talking about one of the key factors which prevents successful incumbent businesses are the expectations of the current customers. People like things the way they are. People like paper charts. People like getting things in the mail. People like this. People like that. you got to change. You, you may lose some customers, but you have to change because if you don't change, you're going to get run over like Wile E. Coyote. Change is an intrinsically difficult part of the human experience. Uh, it's unpredictable, but you know, particularly when you're succeeding, it's hard to change. When you have no choice, it's easy to change. But you need to change. You need to think about everything. Jensen Wang, top CEO in the world the last couple of years, NVIDIA, top company in the world, leader in deep learning. His idea was we need to know, we need to des define, decide, and we need to make the market, and then the people will follow us. His thing was, and this is probably the best advice I could give you as well, do work that matters, that is hard, and that you're uniquely able to do. Do work that brings you joy. Believe in your vision, knowing that your customers may not at first. Um, 
Henry Ford, if you ask, if he asked his customers what they wanted, they would want a faster horse. No one would have come up with a car. They wanted a horse that ran faster. More miles to the bucket of oats, as people would say. And care about craftsmanship. We need to be supreme. Now, I tell you, some people think radiologists will be obsolete. Machine learning will revolutionize medicine. It will revolutionize medicine. That is not a question. But I think radiologists will survive. We'll survive if we adopt AI to lead us in this challenge. If we just sit there catching flies, we ain't going to do squat, and we'll get run over like the bug in the rug, or whoever those bugs are. So Winston Churchill said it best, the empires of the future are empires of the mind. We are at a turning point now. We are at a point where the opportunity for improvement in the patient experience in the patient outcomes have never been better. It's a challenge all of us face, and it's a challenge in busy times. It's a challenge getting the work done today and looking to the future. But the future is going to be here 2025, not even seven years away. Not even seven years away. And I bet you a lot of what I said today will be here way before 2025. So with that, I thank you for paying attention to this three-part study. I thank you for listening to my opinions. And if you have any good ideas, suggestions, comments, let us know. If not, have a great day.